This program is brought to you by Abiding Above Ministries. Well, if you have a copy of God's Word, turn to Luke chapter 22. And the title of the message is Old Regrets. Old Regrets. And I would say that all of us here have regrets in our life. I know I do, and I know you do too. So here's my question. When you think about your past and the decisions and relationships you've made over these many years, do you ever find yourself regretting? Regretting the choices you made that have shaped your life right up to this very day. Have you ever thought this? If I could only go back and do this over, I would certainly do it differently. I see now what I didn't see then. I believe we all could say that because if we're open to the leading of God, we learn from our mistakes. If we choose not to learn from our mistake, guess what we do? We keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Old regrets. Is there anything in your past that you feel God will never forgive you for? And somehow it will hang over your head forever and ever. Do you have something? Maybe nobody else knows that you've done it. Not even the police. But it hangs over your head and you have a fear. I'm going to be found out. Listen to me. God knows it. And God loves you anyway. And he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for all of your sins. Believe and receive. And the Bible says he puts our sins away from us and away from him as far as the east is from the west. And as deep as a bottomless ocean. And there is a no fishing sign on the bank. Old regrets. Do you remember uh, this old hymn? We sang it when we were kids. And we still sing it now in some churches. But it was written by Isaac Watts, and it's at the cross. He says, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. You see, that sight he's talking about is not physical sight, it's spiritual sight. You may be regretting something today, and we're going to look at that. We're going to look at the life of Peter. You may be regretting something, but if you'll listen to this message from the Word of God and by the Spirit of God, God will give you spiritual eyes to see what to do with what you regret. Because regret is haunting, but you're free from that, and I'm going to show it in this message. I want us to begin by looking at an instant in the life of Peter. We know him as the Apostle Peter. He was one of the apostles. Peter had some regret in his life. And the event that we're going to read takes place just before the arrest of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. So I'm going to read beginning in verse 33 of Luke chapter 22. Listen to this and see if you identify with this in your own life, because I personally do. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Now that's Peter. We know him as strong, voiceful Peter. I'll go with you to prison and even to death. Listen to what Jesus said to Peter after that. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me 
three times that you know me. Can you imagine what Peter must have thought? Boisterous Peter, hearing from the Savior, you'll deny me three times this very day that you even know me. And then if you look down in Luke 22 and read verses 54 through 62, you see that what Jesus said is true. And you'll know Peter was a man of a deep regret. Verse 54, Luke 22 says, Having arrested him, talking about Jesus, they arrested him, they led Jesus and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed, notice this, at a distance. You ever seen someone follow you kind of at a distance? They didn't know if you were for them or against them, so they followed you at a distance. Peter followed at a distance. Now, when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, notice, just a little girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was with him. But Peter denied him, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, You also are of them. Speaking of the other disciples, apostles, he's saying, Hey, this man sitting by the fire, he was also with Jesus. Peter said, Man, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, this is the third time, Peter said, man, I do not know what you are saying. And when he said that, immediately what happened? While he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Can you just picture that? The third time he denied him, that he even knew him. The rooster crowed that reminded him that exactly what Jesus said would happen. And then just so happened, Jesus is walking. And when that rooster crowed, Jesus turned and looked at Peter. Jesus never said a word then. He didn't have to say a word, did he? He just looked at Peter. You know, when we have old regrets, things that haunt us from our past, it's as if Jesus is looking at us, not in anger, not in anger, but that look that's on the face of someone when you betray them. And I believe he carried that for a long time. And so the Lord looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And listen to what it says. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. You remember what Judas did when he betrayed Jesus? The Bible says he went out and what? Hung himself. Peter is weeping bitterly. We don't know this, but he may have been thinking about hanging himself. We don't know. But he wept bitterly. Has there ever been anything in your life that caused you to weep bitterly? Why did I say that? Why did I do that? So when you think of that today, in light of what Peter did with Jesus, what comes to your mind? Do you have a deep sense of regret? Old regrets. If you're taking notes, number one, the regrets of our past. All of us have them. 
Verse 62 said, so Peter went out and wept bitterly. And you know, we don't really hear much more of Peter until after the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. I think that Peter was probably out walking in this fog of regret. This fog of regret that all of us have for things in the past. They just simply weigh us down. Now, when I come down here to the mission and look out at all of you, I'm thinking this. Some here know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. They believe and they've received. There may be one or two or more that have yet to pray and ask Christ to come into your heart. And I'm always praying inwardly that this will be your day. But for those of you who truly are a child of God, when we sin after salvation, it affects not our relationship with God because we can never be out of a relationship with God, but that communion, that sweetness that we have walking, talking, listening to Him, praying without ceasing, that begins to be quenched and grieved in us by the Holy Spirit. He's quenched within us and grieved within us. And we sense that communion is not there anymore. And at that point, many people think they've lost their salvation. But what it is, it's not that God has moved, but we've moved. We find that uh, that sweet fellowship we had with God is just not there anymore. We begin to follow God at a guilty distance. In a sense, we avoid Him like not going to church or not spending time each morning in God's Word. And going for days without thinking of praying. It's like we're avoiding him because when we think of him, we feel guilty about something we've done or are doing. There's regret that we have. This fog that we feel in regrets from the past, we find ourselves avoiding deeper relationships with other Christians. We do not feel worthy to love or be loved. And so we become loners. We don't spend time with other brothers and sisters in Christ. So these old regrets of our past, they hinder and hamper our fellowship with God, and they hinder and they hamper our relationship with our family and our friends. We find ourselves becoming more critical of other people. Instead of being a creative person looking for ways to encourage people and show people Christ, we become very critical of other people. We find that every time we're in a relationship with somebody, somehow we say or do something that fractures that relationship instead of fosters a good relationship. We find that because of the way we live our life and not dealing and understanding these old regrets in our past, instead of helping people through the storms of life, we actually are causing storms in other people's lives because we don't know how to deal with our past. So, first of all, the regrets of our past. But the second point I'd like to make is this, not only the regrets of our past, but the release of our past. This is what the Bible says about a true child of God. The Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are what? In Christ Jesus. Here's the question. I know right now that you're inside your shirt. Let me ask you, spiritually speaking, are you inside of Christ? Are you clothed with Christ? If you're not, my friend, 
I can offer you no hope for sins forgiven. Because see, the only way to be forgiven of sin is through the cross of Christ. And if you've yet to believe, my friend, you can do that today if God's stirring you by the Holy Spirit. Other than that, according to the word of God, you will die in your trespasses and sins and you will spend an eternity separated from God. Be careful walking across the streets in Memphis. Be careful what you're doing to your liver with alcohol. You'll die an early death without Christ. You'll enter into a place the Bible says is hell, and there's no time there. It's forever. It never ends, and you never die. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And when I'm dying, how glad I'll be that the light of my life was burned out for thee. Paul said, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Let me ask you, what spirit are you walking according to? The spirit of alcohol or the Holy Spirit of God? Which one do you walk along with? One wears off, one never wears off. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 14 says, And you being dead in your trespasses and this uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven, listen, you all trespasses. What do I do with these old regrets of my past? You've been forgiven, my friend, of all sins. The sin that you inherited at birth that causes you to sin and all actions of sins that you'll ever commit under the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. Paul says it clearly. He has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. My friend, listen, you are forgiven. Isaiah chapter 1, listen to this, verse 18. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are like red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Psalm 103, 8 through 14 says this. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are but dust. Listen, God loves you. There are things in all of our past that we regret. But if you are a child of God, according to the word of God, he knows our frame. He knows we are but dust. He knows our sin, and he sees that under the blood, the death of Jesus Christ, forgiven. So when you feel yourself regretting the past, 
When you find yourself following God at a guilty distance, look back at the cross, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my spiritual sight. And now I'm happy all the day and I don't need alcohol because I have the joy of the Holy Spirit who lives in me. That is what Satan does not want you to know. I just left Asheville, North Carolina. I saw demonic activity everywhere I looked. Unbelievable. Satan running rampant. Don't let him control you. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He made him, the Father, God the Father, made God the Son, become your sin and mine. Those things we regret, Jesus became. He paid the price by dying. And we've been declared righteous, not guilty. You say, that's cheap grace. Oh no, it's expensive grace, my friend. And if you don't see it clearly from Scripture, you will live your life beating yourself up, drinking more, trying to get God off your back instead of realizing Jesus paid it all, all to him. Uh-oh. So the release of our past for the believer, there's no longer any condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. But what about forgiving ourselves? You say, I know all that. I've been hearing this teaching since I was a kid about our complete forgiveness in Christ because of the blood of Christ. But I can't forgive myself. I keep kicking myself. I keep putting myself down because of what I've done, the regrets that I have. Think about this. You cannot forgive yourself of something you are already forgiven for. You see, Jesus died more than 2,000 years ago. He's not coming back to die again. My friend, listen, that that you're regretting has been crucified with Christ on the cross. We must rest in what the blood of Christ has already provided. Because of the cross, we have lost our rights to hold these old regrets against ourselves. When we look into the past with regret, don't forget to look as far back as the cross to where Christ died for our sins before they were ever even committed. Because listen, 2,000 years ago, you weren't even a baby yet. And it says in Peter that Jesus Christ died one time for all sins, but you were not born yet. So my friend, listen, when you first prayed and asked Christ to come into your heart, God declared you righteous past, present, and future. And you can walk in joy and peace because of the eternal forgiveness uh, that you have. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3, verses 13 through 14, he said, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. The man who said those words, we know him as the Apostle Paul. He wrote most of the New Testament. He persecuted the church before he 
had his Damascus Road experience. He stood by while Stephen was stoned, and the Bible says that Stephen's face looked like an angel. You think Paul ever forgot that? Do you think Peter ever forgot the face of Jesus when he denied him three times? The cock crowed. Jesus turned and looked at Peter. Do you think Peter ever forgot the look of Jesus' face at that very moment? Do you think Paul, who was Saul of Tarsus, do you think he ever forgot seeing Stephen's face look like an angel when he was being stoned and Saul was standing there heartily approving of his death? You think he ever forgot that? You think they had old regrets? God still used Paul. God still used Peter. But I can tell you they had regrets. I have regrets. You have regrets. But just like Paul, just like Peter, we need to see ourselves under the blood of Jesus Christ declared righteous, my friend, and move on, forgetting what lies behind, Paul says, and reaching forward to what lies ahead is what he said. All of us need to think this way. All of us need to do this. He says, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things, those regrets which are behind me under the blood of Christ. And I'm reaching forward to those things which are ahead, declared righteous in Christ Jesus, filled by the Holy Spirit. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You see, we are forgiven. We may as well forgive ourselves. Because if we don't forgive ourselves of what God has already forgiven us for, it is like setting up a private, a personal jury and condemning us, condemning ourselves for what the judge, the Lord Jesus Christ, has already forgiven us for. Beating ourselves up. Well, what about this? I'm regretting things that I did that hurt other people and they're still alive. And when they see me, I remember what I did. When they see me, they still hate me for what I did. What about not only God forgiving me eternally, not only about me forgiving me and moving past my old regrets, what about other people forgiving me for what I've done? If you have confessed your sins to Christ and asked the person you offended to forgive you, making any restitution, you have done all that God has required of you. You stand forgiven whether they forgive you or not. You stand forgiven. You still have a home in heaven. God can still use you here on this earth. You see, Stephen was stoned to death. Paul never could go look for Stephen and say, I apologize for being so happy that you were being stoned. I apologize. He couldn't because he was dead and gone. Paul was forgiven by the same way you're forgiven and I'm forgiven by the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. And so, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23 says this, who, when he was reviled, talking about Jesus, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But what did he do? He committed himself to him who judges rightly. If someone won't forgive you, they have to deal with that between them and God. But according to the word of God, you're forgiven by the cross of Jesus Christ. 
So when someone won't forgive you, this is what you should do. I just simply commit myself to the one who judges justly. And when someone falsely accuses you of something you never did, something you never said, a false narrative about you with no intent from you ever, it just drummed up in their own wicked, evil minds, you can say this, I don't have to go about explaining myself. I don't have to be in a jury with lawyers trying to plead my case. I just choose to commit myself to him who justice justly and keep moving forward and separate yourself from people who evilly, with wickedness in their heart, create false narratives against you. And so, for the unbeliever, what about for the person who's never received Christ? What about the person who's never believed? What about that person? That person we know as the unbeliever. There is no forgiveness until they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you're here this morning and you still have yet to believe, you still say, I'm just not sure that I believe that what Christ did on the cross saves me from my sin. I love you, so listen. My friend, listen. You're still a child of Satan. And when you die, you're going to spend an eternity separated from God. It does not have to be that way, my friend. Listen to this. Jesus himself, the one who died, the one who forgave Peter, the one who forgave Paul, the one who's died in your place on the cross, but you must believe. This is what Jesus said. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You must be born again. See, all of us have regrets, and there is release, but we have to look at the cross for forgiveness. So the last point I'd like to make is this. What are the results of our past? Old regrets from the past. What are the results from our past? Back in the old days, when they didn't have diesel, gasoline, electricity, back in the old days, when they built ships, they built ships that would be powered by the wind. They built ships... And they put big masts, three masts, one in the front, one in the middle, one in the back. And then they would rig those sailing vessels with canvas. And when they would have it all raised up and rigged, the wind would blow and blow them across the ocean to other countries. That's how they had transportation back in those days. So the shipbuilders had to find the front mast, the center mast, and the back mast. They had to find the strongest timbers so that they wouldn't be snapped in high winds. So guess where they got those strong timbers, trees, to strip down and make a mast? They didn't get a, a tree down in the valley. They didn't get a tree down at the bottom of the mountain. They would climb to the very top of the mountain, and they would cut the trees down at the top of the mountain. This is the reason. Because it's very windy at the top of a mountain. And so those trees that were up there, even when they were little saplings, all they had ever known was blowing in the wind. Blowing in the wind. And now they were large, beautiful trees. They would go to the top of the mountain, cut those trees down, strip the branches, drag those poles down, and put those up in those ships. And those Mast would never snap in two. They were used to all the winds blowing. Listen, you may have felt like you've been living in a storm since you were a baby. And maybe you have, I don't know. 
But if you look at it the correct way, you can be stronger because of it. If you look at it the wrong way, you'll feel like a victim, and that's an improper way to look at anything. Because there's been billions of people across this world that have gone through far harder things than people here in the United States and came out of it strong, effective, used by God to help other people. So when we respond correctly to things that come our way, it strengthens our fellowship with God. When we respond correctly, it deepens our relationship with family and friends. But when we run to the bottle or when we run to an illegal drug or a legal drug to try to find relief, my friend, listen, that is responding incorrectly, causing more problems, causing more regrets from the past. And so Paul says in Romans eight twenty eight, when things come our way, that's just hard. Storms in life, like a high wind, tossing us to and fro. We need to continue to respond by the power of the Holy Spirit within us, remembering Christ was crucified for all sins, even the sins committed against me. Christ shed his blood even for that person who committed that sin against me. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And so... We trust God as we live through life. We trust the Holy Spirit to lead us to confession and repentance as God's children when we sin, personally sin. Instead of living a life regretting the past, we take care of the past with the present and with the cross of Christ. We choose to allow Him to restore us back to communion with Him praying without ceasing, walking, talking, listening to Him 24-7. He restores that. He causes all the things that come our way that's hard. God allows that if we respond the right way to cause us to be more faithful. It causes us to be more humble. And it gives us deep, deep spiritual discernment and prepares us to be more effective in serving God. Which, my friend, listen... God created you. He's got a wonderful plan for your life to serve Him, but you'll never find it if you're letting this world system control you instead of letting the Holy Spirit in you control you. You're the glove. He's the hand. Don't get it backwards. God's will for your life will emerge like a flower opening up to the rain and to the sun. You and His plan for you will open up if you'll let Him control you. Continually all through the day, turning your thoughts to Him, turning your thoughts to Him, listening to Him more than you talk to Him. And God will live His life in and through you. So let's go back to Peter. I'm sure that Peter walked in a fog of regret. He denied the Lord three times. Listen to what John said in John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. Listen to this. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? You see what Jesus is doing here? Jesus is now showing Peter love. He had denied him three times. Jesus is now talking to his disciples. He's already been crucified. He's already been buried. He's already been raised. He's now appearing to them again before he ascends to heaven. And so it's almost like he's saying to Peter, I've forgiven you. I still love you. Peter, do you love me? 
And he's doing this in front of the other disciples who witnessed Peter denying him. It's like he's making a way for him to be restored in front of the other disciples. And so he said, Simon Peter, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? You see, Peter used to think he was more faithful and more loving to Jesus than all the rest. He thought he was the number one dude. That's what he thought. He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Jesus said to him again a second time. Notice a second time. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, tend my sheep. Jesus said to him a third time. Notice the third time. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said it to him the third time, reminding him and everyone else that he had denied him three times in the rooster crowed. And Peter said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. You see, you may be regretting your past, and you may be drinking or doing a drug to try to stuff your past. But just remember, according to the Word of God, your past sins are under the blood of Jesus Christ. He's forgiven you. Forgive yourself. Forgive others. And if they won't forgive you, remember, I'm going to entrust myself to the one who judges justly and keep forgetting the past and pressing on towards what lies ahead. What happened with Peter? He denied Jesus three times publicly. He ended up writing First and Second Peter in the New Testament. But not only that, God used him as a preacher. But I got a feeling that Peter was different. Peter was less prideful. Peter probably talked far less than he used to talk because he had become humble because he had denied and betrayed Jesus. He was restored by love. He understood that he was forgiven by the blood of Christ on the cross. And so this is what we see in the book of Acts. After all this happened, these regrets that Peter must have had in the past, this is what his future looked like. In Acts chapter 2, verse 41, I close with this. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Peter, who denied Jesus three times, he's now preaching, and 3,000 people believe in Jesus Christ and were baptized. So I guess Peter, at some point, though he felt guilty, he made a decision. I'm under the blood of Christ. I'm empowered by His Holy Spirit. I'm going to forget these regrets back here. I'm going to move forward in the present and the future. And so, that's what you and I do with old regrets. Somebody else may bring it hanging over your head. You just smile and say, I love you, brother. But according to the Word of God, what you're bringing up about my past is under the blood of Jesus Christ forever and ever. Amen. You've been listening to Abiding Above Ministries with Chris Hodges. If you would like Chris to speak at your church or event, please go to our website, abidingabove.org. God bless you and make you a blessing.